Happy May the 4th! Hopefully you're a Star Wars fan, because we've got plenty to talk about. Be warned, we'll be jumping into heavy spoiler territory. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me, Sean Keen, breaking news reporter and resident Star Wars expert. Sean, welcome. Thanks for having me, Roger, and happy May the 4th to all. <laughs> well, uh, it's very appropriate, because you've got a nice feature today on Anthony Daniels, the actor who plays C-3PO, uh, and you got an interview with him in, like, Pretty much the most unorthodox way, very, uh, very serendipitous, right? Tell me exactly. Let talk about the meetup because I think that's a more fascinating story than than the story itself. Is like, how did you actually get this interview? So I was traveling across London on my way back, having been in Vegas on my way back home, and I was just off an all night flight, and in a train station, I spot this familiar face. Uh, Anthony Daniels. And I was like, oh, did that, that happen? I, it was all quite surreal. Uh, but I opted to approach him because I had just read his book, IMC3PO, The Inside Story. So he was very much on my mind between that and The Rise of Skywalker. And he was very friendly. And we chatted a bit about his book. And he gave me his email address. And I went home buzzing from this chance encounter. Maybe a few weeks later, I emailed him to seek out an interview and he replied and said yes and gave me an address and um i went there and it turned out to be his home that and this is this is the part that is like kind of surreal to me like you went to his home you met his wife he served you tea like what what's he like what was that whole experience like it was uh, like professionalism took over and i like managed to park my decades of fandom uh but it was just like going into anyone else's home. Just like I complimented him on the look of the place and it was a very airy and bright. Um, and he sat down and we, we, made, we had tea. Take milk, sugar. I take a tiny bit of milk. And his favorite biscuits, which he shared with me. I'm very honored. And uh, yep, it was lovely. We chatted about The Rise of Skywalker and his book. And I'm just curious around his house. Like, did you see any Star Wars memorabilia, or was it was it uh, or was it kind of devoid of any of that stuff? Like, did you could you tell this was C3PO's house? You wouldn't necessarily tell at a glance, but he has a few bits. Uh, aside from like uh, mock-ups of his book, there are also there's also a giant Lego 3PO, which I, I've never seen. It was presumably a promotional item that Lego sent him. And also a 3PO style version of the Academy Award statue, which Lucasfilm gives to uh, employees for their service. So his was a 40-year one. Oh, wow. All right. So let's talk about the interview. What was the most surprising thing you learned from you know, your chat with him? And it was like a, a long chat, right? Yes, I spoke to him for two hours. Uh, and I, I had no idea how long I was going to get with him. Uh, but he was most gracious with his time. I was very grateful. So fairly early on, he he said, I'm going to tell you a secret. And he told me that he dozed off on his first viewing of The Rise of Skywalker, which, <laughs> like, it's important to qualify. It was not an indictment of the movie's quality. It was, he had been on the promotional tour for the movie and his book, and he had a long day before he went over to uh, the screening room at 
Bad Robot, J.J. Abrams production place. And yeah, he just dozed off. I was exhausted. Christine, my wife, woke me up just before the end. Um, I think it was only in London at the premiere here that I admitted to J.J. that I'd slept through the first thing. He said, I know you did. Because <laughs> he was sitting at the front. I, I was at the back. I think he got up at some point and seen me deeply unconscious. He forgave me. Well, what, I mean, what else did you learn from him? Like, what uh, what other funny stories? What other, what other interesting stories did you hear from uh, from Mr. Daniels? So the, we talked about like a huge amount of stuff in that time. Like, so two hours is quite a while, uh, and we touched upon every conceivable topic. I will say that the single most surreal moment for me was when he took out his iPhone and played unused lines from the movie which he had recorded to send to JJ. I guess for like the quality is efficient and because his character's voice has a digital quality to it, they can use that. Uh, but yeah, like so to have this guy with his iPhone and it's like saying things like Palpatine and Kylo Ren are now poised to deploy the legendary Sith Armada. Was was like what is even happening here? Uh, and I like I when I heard that line, I thought, oh yeah, that's a bit on the nose. That's very clearly like expositionary dialogue, right? Right. Like it's probably that was left off. That was better left off the yeah the, the, the editing room table. So um, that's that'll amazing. Um, and you you want to check out all of Sean's interview with Anthony Daniels, but we want to move on a bit to Star Wars Clone Wars, which just wrapped up its series today. It's been a long journey for Clone Wars, and it's been a huge evolution we were just talking about this before the the recording began you know the 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 show kicked off with this this movie essentially it was a tv movie that they put on theaters and it was pretty terrible it's pretty widely panned um and then it's 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 sort of gone on to evolve into this show that's been much beloved it's introduced some really classic characters you know ahsoka tano who was one of the characters I think everyone hated at the beginning of the show is is one of the most beloved one and is likely going to be a big part of the Star Wars universe played by Rosario Dawson later on. But uh, let's talk about the last season, Sean. Um, you know, it's been 12, 12 episodes. Um, they usually come up into like three, four episode arcs. How, for you, how has the show been? You've been recapping this all for us. How have you felt this season has gone, especially relative to, to previous seasons of Clone Wars? So it, it's... Divided into three distinct arcs. Uh, the first one is focused on the clone troopers. And that's 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 decent. It uh, fits into the usual clone action that we see because they're heavily developed uh, through this show. Um, the second one is about Ahsoka, who left the Jedi Order in season five. Uh, and it's her making her way in the wake of that. And that is... The weakest uh, arc, without a doubt. It just like it's cool to see Ahsoka again, but it's just the other characters weren't well developed. And then we moved on to the final arc, which was the Siege of Mandalore, which is one of the last conflicts of the Clone Wars, and it sees Ahsoka going off with a bunch of clone troopers and Mandalorians to take back the Mandalore from Maul, who has Darth Maul, who has taken over. And he was a character in The Phantom Menace who was killed off, but the, the show resurrected him, uh, even though he was chopped in half. Sure, uh, but the Star Wars. He was resurrected. You can do that. Yeah, you exactly. Can do that. Yeah, whatever. Give him a pair of metal legs, he's fine. Um, 
And that Siege of Mandalorian is phenomenal. It's some of the best Star Wars I've ever seen. Um, and I'm hoping that someday, somehow, I get to see all four of those episodes cut together on a big screen, because that would be incredible. You know, it's, it's interesting you say that because... Um... You know, each episode, they, they, they changed the intro. It was not the, the usual Clone Wars intro. It's more cinematic. They used the kind of original Star Wars, Lucasfilm's limited uh, intro. It did have kind of cinematic feel to it. But for the four episodes, for me, while, you know, there was kind of, there was a narrative arc that tied them all together, they all felt like four very different episodes, right? One was, you know, the Siege of Mandalore. One was about Darth Maul versus Ahsoka Tano. Uh, and, then, and then the final two... Um, I don't know if we want to go too deep into spoilers, but sort of tie like really deeply ties into Revenge of the Sith. Um, so it's it, it, I don't know if they actually work together in like a seam in like a continuous viewing like as a movie per se because the thematically like each epi- each episode seems so different. But I mean, not to say that they weren't great. I thought they were all really tremendous. Uh, what did you think about the series finale, which uh, which just aired today on Disney Plus? It wasn't a surprising episode in that there weren't any like crazy spoiler things aside from one cameo, but one could have seen that coming. But it tied things off nicely uh, and it was very emotionally powerful. And there were lots of small details in there for fans to, to pour over. And we will. Yeah, you know, I, I, I liked it. Uh, I, I watched it this morning. I, like, I woke up super early before my kids woke up and... and, and- because I wanted to prepare for this podcast, purely for the podcast, I watched the episode. Of course, um, and you know, I thought it was it was uh, fantastic action. Like the the last four episodes, the action has been just tremendous throughout. Um, I did miss the some of the characterization. Like I felt like it was like it felt like almost one sustained action beat that kept going and going and going, and the stakes kept going higher and higher. And that was all fine, but also. Given that it was a series finale, I didn't think there was that kind of cathartic closure to it. I mean, you could argue the the end with the cameo kind of wrapped it up in this bittersweet, dark way. But uh, given how deep and complex the show had grown over the years, like it was, it was interesting to me they they chose for that last episode to basically rely on almost pure action. Uh, I think it was part part of it is the fact that it, the show has come forward so much technically. Like you look at the that that original theatrically released movie, the Clone Wars movie from 2008, and everything looks quite plasticky and stiff. And you certainly couldn't say that about this last episode or this whole season. Uh, It looks incredible. Like all the tiny details, uh, like between like fire and snow, it all looks amazing. Yeah, the, the battle between Ahsoka and Darth Maul, that was they actually brought Ray Park back in to do motion capture for it, and it looked amazing watching it. Like I, I didn't, I didn't know about that little detail until after that that sh- that episode aired, but I, I kind of marveled at how realistic uh, and and just how I, I almost bought into the fact that I almost convinced myself that it wasn't CG, right? Like it was just it was just the the motion was so fluid, it worked so well. Yeah, you certainly forgot about that, and like Ray Park said that he considered what having metal legs does to Maul's fighting style as like he prepared for that, which is really cool. Uh, and you can definitely see it. He's just a little bit heavier than he is in the Phantom. He's also older than he is in the Phantom Menace. Right. All right. So we did go into all the details. I wanted to keep a little bit 
for the folks out there who are, who are still curious. I know it's also still early in the day. Not everyone's got a chance to watch it. But uh, if you if you are a Star Wars fan, even if you haven't caught up on the Clone Wars, I would recommend watching those last four episodes, especially if you've got Disney Plus, because um, they like like Sean said, I think this is some of the best Star Wars ever. Absolutely. All right, you can check out Sean's stories on CNET.com. If you have any questions, leave us a voicemail at 862-250-5713. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. <laughs>